in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to us with the Word of God implanted in Scripture and in our hearts. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, um, uh, we are going to be starting a new series off today. The new series is about the book of James. And if you've hung around a Lutheran church long enough, you've probably heard things like, well, James is a book that's in our Bible, but yeah, we're not really quite sure about it. Um, you know, James is just kind of like, oh, it's that that sticky, icky book. Um, and, and maybe you know that there's like this whole big thing about faith and works and how do we work that out because uh, Lutherans, historically, we have said that this entire thing that we are doing right now, that this is all a gift from God and that we receive all of the things of God through faith. And James kind of tries to put some works and stuff in there. Um, and, and really that's sort of a bad reading of what James is like. Um, uh, but uh, we're going to get through this book. And by the end of it, you're actually going to see, hopefully, that what is happening, what James is telling us, is that all of our life, our faith and our works, are both gifts from God. And then those are gifts that we can give thanks to God for. And so we're going to start off here in James. And uh, my translation is going to be a little bit different than yours if you're using the Celebrate this morning. That's okay. Uh, we'll just roll with it. I'm pretty sure that we're all, um, uh, we, we can all handle it. Um, if not, if you have big questions, talk to me after service and we'll talk through those. Um, so we're going to start off um, in James. We're going to start off James 1.17. Every good and perfect perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And what James is talking about there is that all of these gifts, like I was talking about, your gifts of faith, your gift of works, that all of those things come to you as a gift from the Father of lights, from God the Father. And that those things are all coming to you, not because you are so good, or because you are so bad. Because what he's saying there is that he's giving these gifts to you without change. This God the Father in whom there is no shadow of change has decided to give you good gifts. And so, the way that you can probably kind of start to think about this is that if you, you're here today, and, and that's awesome, if you skip next week, which historically some of you will, if you skip next week, you are not going to be receiving a sermon from me unless you look it up on the internet. And you are not going to be receiving communion here at this church. But that doesn't mean that the gift isn't being offered to you. It means that you are rejecting that gift. So, next Sunday, if you choose to sleep in or you uh, are traveling or whatever... The gift is still being offered to you. It's just that you aren't here to receive it. 
that you're getting in the way of that gift being offered. And what James is saying here is that that is how forgiveness and grace works. That it is being given to all of humanity. That when Jesus died on that cross, He wasn't just dying for a select group of people. He wasn't saying, okay, who is going to be a university Lutheran on September the 2nd, right around Labor Day? Who's going to be there? Because those are the people that I'm going to save. Instead He said, I'm going to die on a cross so that all people can be saved. But unfortunately, sometimes we get in the way of that ourselves. And we get in the way of that, and then we begin to beat ourselves up, and we begin to think that this whole salvation thing, instead of being about God, that it becomes about us. Because then it becomes no longer something that you're receiving from God, but it's something that you're working and doing yourself. And James has something to say about that too in the next verse. Of his own will, of the Father's own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Of God's will, you are currently being saved. You are currently receiving forgiveness. You are currently getting the gifts that he has to give to you. And that is an important thing when you begin to start reading James because James has some pretty explicit things to say about how you go about living that life. But it's important to recognize that what James is saying is that these are things that saved people do. That this isn't something that is about your salvation. That James actually is sort of assuming your salvation. And he's saying that there are things that, once you're saved, they can actually get in the way because you're still in this weird position of being a kind of, you're being a sinner, but at the same time, God is making you a saint. And so what James is saying is, don't let yourself get in the way. And that once you're saved, there's nothing that you can do about being saved or not. Jesus is saving you. There is something that you can do to get in the way of being saved. But it's all His call. And thankfully for you, He made that call on the cross. For everybody that's in here, and everybody that's out there, and everybody across the world, He said, this is how I'm going to save all of humanity. I'm going to die on a cross and pay for all of their sins. And the way that we get to find that reality deeper and deeper is by digging into this book. Not just meaning the book of James, but the entire Bible. And so what James actually does for us in the preceding verses here is he gives us a way that we can study the Bible that is not probably what you'd probably think about when you think about Bible study. And so let's jump into that. So, we're, we're going to move into 19 through 21. Know this, my beloved brothers, ancestors, all y'all too, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And what James is saying here is that this is how you begin to study 
the Word. This is how you approach the text of God. And there's a couple of things in there to take note of. First of all, you sort of have to be in a good place. Is what James is saying. If you are approaching this and you decide that when you open up the Bible you're going to tell God what it's all about, that's probably not going to work for you. That is theology. That is you saying, this is how I think God works. God works like this. When I open up the Bible, I read His words, and then I tell Him what I think about that. That's theology. Um, And we're all theologians, but just some of you are heretics. And uh, that's going to be a problem, because that's also heresy. When you come to God and you tell God, this is what I think of your book. Instead... You have to be in a place where you're able to receive that. And if you're in a place where you are angry, and if you're in a place where you think that you're supposed to be doing all of the talking, then you're probably not going to be able to hear what's coming through. And what's coming through there is the implanted word. And if you have a Bible and a pen and you're okay with doing this, it's not a sin, I promise you. It might be a good idea to take that word, the implanted word, and capitalize the W. Because what James is talking about here is the Word of God being given to you. So first of all, James says, when you come to the Bible, get in the right place. Get prepared for it. Which is one thing that when we think about Bible study, we're probably like, oh, well, you know, kind of show up, whatever. Um, But James is actually saying, be prepared. Part of that preparation for you this morning was you had this weird guy who asked you a question. Slow yourself down. Try to release some of that anger. Receive the forgiveness of Christ. And then get ready. Because it's going to come at you like a freight train. Here's the next part. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. You've all, if you're a student here, you've all had pretty much like a week in order to start getting into classes. And what you found out is that you've probably already forgotten some stuff. Even though it was mostly, you know, garbage syllabus stuff from the first day of class. You've probably already forgotten some of that. And the reason that you forget a lot of that stuff is that you don't apply it into your life. That's the way that we come away from church a lot of the time. That we come away from church having heard the Word of God, having heard a sermon, having heard all of the liturgy, having heard all of that stuff. And yet, after lunch, when somebody asks us what the sermon was about or what readings were read, we go, um, well... Or if you have a really annoying pastor like me, and I ask you later on during the week, hey, what was my sermon about? And you will go, um... 
the reason that you would forget that is that you're not actively trying to work on it. And so what James is saying here is the way that you can begin to understand this implanted word, this forgiveness of Jesus Christ that is coming to you in these words is simply try it. Be a doer. Notice he doesn't say be perfect in doing it. He says, do it. Give it a shot. Try it out. Some of this stuff, you are going to fall flat on your face if you try it. And that's okay. You're a sinner. That's why you get forgiveness. But that forgiveness is going to mean so much more to you if you're actually trying this stuff out. And if you're not trying it out, you are simply just... You're going to get to a place where you don't care. And then that's going to get in the way of that implanted word. And so, lastly, he said, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives, he deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world. James is just reinforcing that point again here. Sometimes we think that religion is all about doing all of this stuff perfectly. That's why we have people that say that they're spiritual and not religious, or people that say that I don't like religion. Religion gets a bad rap, and maybe rightfully so. Because the way that we think about religion is that you have to be perfect at it. That you have to be able to come into the sanctuary and know when to sit up and know when to sit down and when to stand up and when to cross yourself and when to do this and when to do that. That is not what God is telling you. What God is telling you is this. If you really want your religion to be worth something, it's going to mean trying a few things out. It's going to mean hobbling through it. And if you can do that, you're going to be amazed at what springs up inside of you. Because when you begin to implant these words into your heart and into your actions every day, what you'll see coming out of you is what's implanted in those words. And what's implanted in those words is Jesus Christ, who came to forgive your sins, to serve you, and to love you. And when you try these words on, you'll see Him begin to show up in your life. He's going to be there regardless. But this is the way that you can begin to see Him in such a clearer and deeper fashion in your life. And He's there because the Father of lights loved you enough to set this thing up so that you didn't have to be perfect. 
but rather that you could try these things out and fail and try again and fail and try again and fail and try again. And all the while, seeing Jesus more clearly. Amen.